Uh, well, it is uh, just really good to be with you, and uh, if you're here visiting with family, uh, Merry Christmas Eve, and uh, just want to share with our faith family in particular real quick before I uh, give you probably what is my Christmas gift to you, a really short sermon. Uh, this is what we do each year as we try to be extra generous with what God has uh, done and how he's given us uh, just an overabundance, and uh, Christmas really is a season where we give because God has been most generous in giving us Christ. Um, and so um, just to let you know, near the end of the year, we always try to uh, kind of give away through some key initiatives. And uh, this year, we're still kind of putting that all together. We're hoping to give uh, the remaining thirty dollars to $35,000 away. So we're going to do that. Um, we just have a number of ones that we're praying over. So probably when we hit uh, our first Sunday in January, we'll be able to update you guys with where all that money's going. And uh, we're just excited to do that this year. Um, let me just pray, and then we're going to dive into uh, the text and pray that God would encourage us, uh, regardless of where we find ourselves uh, tonight. Jesus, thank you that we get to open up your word. Thank you uh, that you've given us Christ. Thank you that Christmas is uh, a great uh, time to remember and celebrate you. Um, thank you for giving us who you are in your own self, Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you that you are wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Uh, and Father, we know that Christmas uh, holds for us a, a wide variety of feelings and emotions and tendencies and proclivities. And uh, Father, we pray that you'd align us right now in just the, the short time that we have in a very meaningful and helpful place uh, that's steady on you and how you came into human history Christmas morning to do what no one else could, to live a life uh, perfect without sin, to die a death necessary, to pay for our sin as our substitute in our place and rise from death, granting us eternal life and reconciliation with God. We thank you for that, and we thank you that we can open up the scriptures, uh, your word that give, give us divine revelation so that we do not have to wander about in blind speculation. Uh, teach us for a few minutes in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, welcome. I, I just want you to know that if this is new for you, that's okay. And, and it's just simply a worship service. And a worship service means that we just give adoration, give praise, give thanks towards someone, and that someone is Jesus. And so that's why there's singing. That's why there's sitting under the teaching of God's word. That's why we uh, love to give. That's why we love to pray, because it all centers around what Christ has done for us, uh, namely at Christmas and through his life and through his death and through his burial and through his resurrection and ascension. And so um, what we We've been doing as a church, if this is, uh, if you're the first time here and you're not a regular attender, we've been walking through the last four weeks uh, the advent of Jesus. Advent just means arrival of, and we're remembering what it meant for Christ to arrive Christmas morning and what that means for us. Christmas is not something where you press pause Christmas morning at the birth of Christ, but something that is an unending, ageless gift that continues for all those who trust in the work of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we looked at Isaiah 9 the last four weeks, and we looked at the name that the prophet Isaiah heralded 700 years before Christ comes Christmas morning. We saw that he is indeed our wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is everlasting father. He is prince of peace. And um, tonight, I just want to give you briefly another name that um, was heralded by the same prophet Isaiah, and that was Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. Um, and, and understand, when the prophet Isaiah is kind of uh, giving this announcement, it's during a really dark time for the people of Israel. It's during a very uh, a time of unrest and uncertainty, and uh, there was oppression and depression and discouragement. Maybe uh, Christmas for you, that's how you feel. Uh, you're in good company because 
uh, all the announcements of Christmas from the angel to the shepherds to the magi across the board comes at a time where it is just dark for the people of God. Um, there are prophecies after prophecies in the Old Testament saying we're, we're waiting for the sunlight to come and bring way to the darkness that we feel. Um, and then you've got prophets that, that kind of end the scene, like Malachi, who says, hey, uh, the sunrise is coming, and he's coming with healing in his beams. And he's talking about God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, who comes on Christmas morning. And so um, as Isaiah says this, he's saying this to people that are feeling the weight of darkness. They're feeling the weight of unrest. They're feeling the weight of having been in captivity and out of captivity and seeing kingdoms split and wandering about the wilderness for 40 years and having to be delivered from uh, slavery for 400 years. They, they know what it's like to have kings and lose kings and try to rebuild and all that go back into another rebuilding phase. This is normal for them. And here's what Isaiah says, the prophet. You're probably familiar with this text. He says something else to the people of God. He says in Isaiah 7, 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, uh, this prophecy is initially fulfilled in Isaiah's day, but it is also later, we'll see through the account of Matthew, a gospel writer, fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ. And so um, what I wanna do just for the next couple minutes is answer um, just a question for us. Um, why is Emmanuel meeting God with us good news? Um, it's, it's my bet that all of us came in here wanting good news. Uh, there's no one in this room who doesn't desire to hear some good news tonight. Uh, even if your life has been great, or even if it's been fractured, or even if you've had uncertainty, um, I guarantee you want to hear some good news. So, so why does that matter to us? Why does it matter that God is with us? Why is that good news to us, well, this is fulfilled in Matthew's account. He tells us why God with us is really good news. Matthew chapter one, verse 21, he says this, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Now he pulls from Isaiah chapter seven and he says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, I've got just two reasons for you why God being Emmanuel is really good news to you. I've got two reasons right out of this text. Number one, he can. The key word is can. He can save us and forgive us. He has the ability to save us and Forgive us. Um, here's what's so interesting if you read Matthew's account. If you read that, that, that just classic kind of traditional uh, use of language at Christmas time across churches as you see this text. Here's what's interesting about Matthew's account. Notice he ties God with us with God being able to save us. So it's necessary God comes with us to save us. Otherwise, you don't have a God who can save you. You don't have a God who can help you. Otherwise, Christmas morning is just something cute that you celebrate with no transformative power. It's got no hope for you or I. And here he shows us that actually those two things together is really good news. See what he says. He says, you will call him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And then he says, all this took place to fulfill what Isaiah said, he's gonna be God with us. He's gonna be God with us. Um, so here's what Matthew is saying. Matthew is telling you and I, this is why God being with us is such good news. He can actually save you. Now, it's not good news if God with us means he can't forgive us. 
It's not good news if God with us means he can't save us. It's not good news if God with us means he can't forgive us. Right? It's not good news if the reason God did come was to harm us. It's not good news if the reason God did come to be with us was to condemn us. He didn't do that. Text doesn't say that. Text says he came to save us. Like God leaned into your mess and my mess to save us. Not to harm us, not to neglect us, not to get after us, but to love us and save us and secure us. That's what he, that's what he did. That's why the angel says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Um, hear me, we need to be saved from sin. Some of you are going, I don't like sin. Well, sin is extremely and incredibly helpful to know and understand. It explains why there's brokenness. It explains why there's fracture. It explains why there's disappointment. It explains why there's unrest. It explains why there's angst in you that you can't seem to ever satisfy with material and created goods and things. Sin is actually really, really helpful to understand and know. That sin is apart from God. That God is holy and we are not. That God is sinless and we are sinful. That God is altogether righteous and we are very unrighteous. It's, it's good to know that. Otherwise, Christmas holds no help for you or for me. So we need to be saved from sin. Now, for whatever reason, around the holiday time, I don't know why, historically it's continuing. I tend to get a couple emails from just around, from people who don't really go here to this church, but just, I guess, listen online, and they, they all write me around the holiday times to tell me the same thing. Pastor Mike, uh, I, I've been listening to you for a little while, and you always talk about the same thing, sin and Jesus. And I'm always like, amen. You got it, correct. I, like, we don't have anything better to talk about. Like, there's sin in Jesus throughout the scriptures. We're bad, there's only one who's good. Jesus, right? We're a mess, he's perfectly in order. We're sinful to the core. He is sinless with perfection. We owe God a debt. He pays the debt in full. Sin, Jesus. We're bad, he's good. That's the only message you have in the Bible. Right? Don't read it like a religious person where you kind of see where you fit the calendar. His resume is perfect. Our resume is bad. Our resume is sinful, so we need to be saved from the imperfections that dwell in us. Now, even talking about that, I was thinking about this, because some of you are probably going, what does it mean to be saved? Because I don't know if you're like me, growing up a church kid, being in church events and Christmas Eve services, I would always hear the preacher, pastor say, you need to be saved. He'd always read Luke 1 or Luke 2 and say, you need to be saved from sin. And I used to sit there and go, okay, I guess that's great. Like, saved from what? Like, sin. I, what does it really mean to be saved? Because in my mind, I never really got what a Savior was. Like, I never really understood the need for that. I heard it a lot, but it never, it never clicked for me. And I'm willing to bet some of you, you hear that word Savior and you go, yeah, what is that? Right? The angels say this is good news of great joy. Today in Bethlehem, a Savior's been born. <laughs> like imagine, right, if I told you tonight that I, I would give you $100,000, you'd all be like, that's good news, Right? You're right. Listen, I mean, it doesn't matter how rich you are. If I said tonight, I'm going to give you that money, you would say that, that's great news. doesn't matter who hears that. That is good news to them. I promise. You go out on the street tonight, and you run up to some stranger and say, hey, guess what? I got the best news to tell you. Jesus died to save you from your sins. They're going to go, okay, good, right? They, they, don't, they don't get that as good news. They don't get that as understanding that that is something 
glad to be treasured. So we don't think it of good news because we don't understand the concept of what it means to be saved. And the reason we don't get excited about a savior is because they don't see our need for one. That's just reality. Sometimes we're just inoculated by Christianese phrases. But other times we just don't really quite understand. I mean, I think all of us knows what it would feel like to be saved from something. I mean, if you're in a house, there's a raging fire. Imagine you're inhaling smoke and a fireman busts in with a hose and jacket. Someone comes in and rescues you, the relief you'd feel, the, the peace you'd feel. No one imagine just save me from that. Uh, yet the Bible says that we need to be saved. The scripture says that he came so that he can save us and forgive us. So we need to know, well, why? And this question needs to be addressed because um, it just needs clarification. Because across the country we talk about sin and Jesus and maybe we don't quite understand why we need to be rescued. And here's uh, maybe two areas of perpetually seen addressed that are not the reasons why you and I need saving. We don't need God with us for these two things. One is um, we think we need to be saved because we just lack fulfillment in an area of our life. Maybe you've heard that, right? So trust Jesus and he'll take your lukewarm marriage or he'll take your average feelings in your job or your average career or whatever you feel is a lack of purpose and he'll make your dreams come true and give you purpose that's off the charts. That's why Jesus came. Um, that's not why we need to be saved. That, that's not why God with us is good news. It's not trust Jesus and he'll notch you up the career ladder even though he can and he could and he might. It's not just that Jesus can enter in the scene and, and help redeem and fix the lukewarm marriage. He can and he might and it might give him joy to do that but that's not why God with us is good news. Uh, the other one is um, Jesus came to kind of free us from debilitating passions and vices. Right, So it's this, it's this idea or this understanding of that if you trust in Jesus, then he'll somehow kind of help you overcome these addictions that you feel. Right, So whether it's alcohol addiction, whether it's sexual addiction, whether it's I just can't stop my temper, um, trust Jesus and he'll give you control of those. That's not why you need to be saved. That's not why it's good news that God is with us, that if you realize a higher power, somehow you can break free of your debilitating passions and vices because here's why all of those things eventually break down. None of those things are universal problems, right? I mean, I know plenty of people apart from Christ that live very fulfilled lives. They're very happy. They're very content. I know people that have been able to overcome debilitating passions and vices without the power and work of the Holy Spirit. And they're, they're clean in their outward actions of sin. Not internally, but outwardly, right? So, so why is this good news a great joy? Well, that's not why we need Emmanuel God with us. God with us is good news because God did not come simply to make good people better. It's actually really good news. It's great news if you ever tried it, right? You ever tried to be religious? You ever tried to just be moral? You ever tried that? It's exhausting, right? Because you get like two weeks of kind of doing what you want, and then you fall back, and then you beat yourself up, and you feel contemned and like a failure, and you're your own God. You're the one trying to gift righteousness to yourself through your own actions and merits. 
You're trying to be just a sin manager to protect everything, keep everything in order? That's not why God with us is, is good news. If that were the case, here's what happens. We fall into, well, these people really need saving and these people don't because they're really religious. And Christ comes as Emmanuel, God with us, because he does not come to save us from just the outward actions of sin. The Bible says he comes to save you from the nature of sin. Listen, those two things are huge I hope that you do not believe that Jesus came to simply make you function better or act better or pray better or attend church with a, with a new kind of swagger. Like that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to transform you from the deepest core of your being. He came to literally make you a new person. 2 Corinthians 5 says a new creation. Old is gone, new is come. He doesn't tweak your old version and make it kind of newer. He literally replaces you. Mind, soul, heart. That's what happens in regeneration. Big theological term for to be saved, to be made new, to trust in Jesus Christ. We need him to do this. And there is, here's why this is good news. That means no matter what you do, no matter how many passions you get a hold of, no matter how much your morality grows, you're still guilty before righteous and holy God. There's nothing you can do to save yourself unless God intervenes, and he has. That's why he's Emmanuel. God with us. God has intervened. God has come. God has come as God in the flesh, fully human, fully God, lives without sin. He's now with us and for us. He identifies in ways that no other person can. He suffers alongside us. He walks beside us. And understand we were dying a death that was far worse than a fire, far worse than being cornered. We were destined to face God. And the Bible says that God has to punish. I think it's Exodus 34, 7. He can't leave the guilty unpunished. So, So we're in this place we realize well he knows everything about me and and he knows my 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 fracture knows my bent to want to be God and he needs to be God he knows that I love to worship everything outside of him he he knows that my sin constantly and perpetually makes me fall short yet God says I have to punish you because I'm holy it would go against my very character not to do that but I love you Amazing that in his justice and in his wrath and in his goodness in judging sin at the same time, he's got this other aspect of his deity that is overflowing with love. Man, don't, don't compartmentalize and say he's more loving or he's more merciful or he's more just. or Man, he's all infinitely everything. And all those things make God God and allow him to say, I've got to smite you and I'm going to love you. You deserve damnation, and I'm going to give you salvation. (laughs) Only the God of the Bible can say that and then offer that. And here's what's great. He doesn't ask you to make a sacrifice of yourself. He does it with himself, for yourself. And he says, uh, I'll go to the cross. I'll take your sin. I'll become all that you can't, and you get credited my righteousness. What a deal. And guess what? There's no bit of what you can try and do to become that. Your actions won't do that. Your petitions won't do that. Your merits won't do that. Only God alone in Christ will do that. And God has intervened. And so he says, I'm going to save you. Amazing that we get to the end of my life and see, man, God saved us. when We literally could not be saved. 
But here's the second thing that we learn. Not only is he able, because he saves us in the way by which we need to be saved, but he will save us and stay with us. He will forgive us and not forsake us. This, this, is, this is Emmanuel. Like if you're wondering, man, why is it good news at Christmas that God came? It's not just that he saves you. Man, it could have been a deity that says, I'm gonna save you and forgive you and now let go of you or you can continue on or I'll still kind of be at an arm's length. Like all other deities that are worshiped outside the God of the Bible, God is not distant, God is not far off, God is not abstract. He's the only God that leans in and is personal and meaningful who created you out of an overflow of Love, and here's what's amazing. Christmas morning is the announcement that he is Emmanuel, God with us, not to forgive us and forsake us, but to be with us. Listen, if you don't get anything else tonight, just know that this is the message of the Bible. If you're wondering, what's the whole message of the Bible? It's you get God. He's with you. That's not the ticket to the lottery. That is the lottery, right? Jesus is not a pathway to something else. He is your reward. And Christmas morning reminds you, man, I'm giving you everything. (laughs) I'm giving you my very, very self. Understand, if you read your Old Testament repeatedly, what's the way that God comforts his people all the time over and over? It's a perpetual reminder, I'm with you. My spirit will not leave your midst. Be courageous because I won't forsake you. And then in the New Testament, he comes as that fully God incarnate and says, I'm coming to stay. I'm coming in permanence. I'm coming as God in human flesh, not to forgive you, but to stay with you. And that's God's continued promise that he would be with us. So the coming of Jesus Christmas morning is the very essence of God with us and in fulfilling that promise to you and I. You ever wondered if he cares? That's evidence of Christmas. That he's leaned in and he has come. We have to get this. I mean, what does it mean then in the New Testament if he says, if, if I remain in him, then he'll remain in us? What's the promise of the Great Commission, Matthew 28? Go out baptizing, making disciples of all nations, teaching them to be obedient. What's the great promise? I'll be with you always. God's gonna be with us. That's amazing. We, we study wonderful counselors, our first name from Isaiah, and he sends the counselors, Holy Spirit, to verify and validate his promise. We're not orphans, we're his kids. And we're always his children. When he saves us, he never forsakes us. So God's promise to you is him. Christmas's promise to you is you get Jesus. My question is, is that enough for you? Right, I mean, I, so I'm a pastor, so I get asked stuff, right, all the time. And, and all the time I get asked, well, Mike, like, like, what do I get for following Jesus? Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and they always say, yeah, I know. I, I, it's right. Like, I, I, that, that's what I do. It's just, well, what else? And I'm like, nothing else. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want? They're like, no, I know I get forgiveness of sin. I know I get eternal life. 
I know I get everlasting joy with the creator God. I know I get a mended relationship with the God who created me and fashioned me. I know I won't be judged for my sin. I know Jesus took my judgment. I know I get, I get heaven and not hell. I know I get eternal life and not eternal condemnation. I know, I know I get wrath no longer hanging over me, but I get Christ in my place. I know I get all those things, but what else? <laughs> like, I don't know what else you want. What else is there? Right? I mean, that's, that's Emmanuel, God, with us. The good news of Christmas is not only that God will save us, but that he will continue to be with us. He's, he suffers with us. He's alongside us. He's a high priest who can empathize with every weakness, yet was without sin. I don't know if you've ever thought about how much that means that he is with you that this is the good news of Christmas. I know for many of you, um, man, we've walked. Christmas doesn't bring joy. Christmas is a weird time. Uh, Brings a lot of sorrow for you. Uh, it, It pulls up memories that just hang over you. It's like a looming cloud. You lost a loved one. Um, there's a relationship that is just continually fractured. And Christmas for you is not joy, it's sorrow. And can I just encourage you in that space? If, if the gospel of Jesus Christ ever makes sense, it's at Christmas. And it's in these moments. Like, like Christmas morning is not, with, with sorrow, is not foreign to God. The baby cries. Not only does he cry, he gets up to live knowing the cross would be before him. You want to talk about a looming cloud that is birthed from Christmas morning, knowing he'll walk towards unimaginable pain and suffering for the glory of God and good of the Father and joy of our souls. Man, Christmas is not a time where it's foreign that God feels grief, where there is sorrow. But he is with us. He is with us. As his father was with Jesus, he is with us as we live. Um, and, and can I also say that if, if you're here tonight and, and you say, I just feel like God is not with me. Um, Pastor Mike, I hear Emmanuel, God with us, and that's hard for me to believe. I just want you to know you're in good company. Um, you're around people, they might not admit it, but they feel that too. And that's how it feels for me. Um, Because some of you are going, that's a pretty postcard, Pastor Mike. Um, but, But Christmas Eve for me and my family brings up grief and pain. It doesn't bring a lot of joy. Um, I, I still remember four Christmas Eve services ago. We were at the hotel. Um, maybe some of you were there, a few of you. We were a nice little cute little bunch then before we became this. Still beautiful, but just bigger. And uh, it was our last Christmas Eve service, not here. And I remember the day before us getting the phone call that my wife lost the baby and she was having an ectopic pregnancy. And I remember the next day on Christmas Eve getting a call from her doctor saying her tube would rupture. And many of you know our story, but I remember that night not singing a single word of any song 
And I remember giving a sermon that I did not want to preach. And I remember saying, God, you're not with me. Like, you're not here. Felt so alone. And some people came up to us to encourage us. And I'll tell you things that are not encouraging. And no one meant it intentionally. But some would say, you just need an eternal perspective, Pastor Mike, right? This won't matter in eternity. That didn't help. You know what did help? We had brothers and sisters that just looked at us and said, he's with you. He's with you. That was it. That was all we needed. Um, and I'll tell you that, that we've prayed, we've begged God, we've waited, we're still waiting, we're still asking. Many of you guys know that we're in season of adoption, waiting for an adopted child. And, and yet, here's the thing. I literally was sitting in my office before I came out. I was writing in my margin reflections and doesn't life sometimes feel like just a perpetual state of waiting? Yet the very thing that God offers at Christmas, you don't have to wait for. <laughs> like he doesn't pull back his presence. Um, and that's something that we've been learning. And that's something today on Christmas Eve again that rings true. He has absolutely been with us, whether I feel it or not, or wanted it or not. Um, he's leaned into Mike Reed and Kristen Reed and Jackson Reed, and we've even tried to stiff arm him or tried to tell him things that about him that are not true. He's revealed aspects of his character and held us in ways that could not refine and shape us if it weren't for this season of deferred hope. So I don't know how you sit here, but just know God with you is the best news you could have tonight. And it's, it's good news to those who are overjoyed and those who are saddened and broken and waiting or who just feel pain that God is with you. Um, because here's the ridiculous promise of Christmas, right? You get him. O come, O come, Emmanuel. God's with us. This is what the angel been saying all along. O holy night. This is a divine night. God is with us now. No wonder that he says those things. So let's not confuse the advent of Jesus Christ with the advent of Santa Claus. Uh, he does not come because we've been good. He comes because he's eternally good. And he desires to be with us even when we do not want him. Maybe he's saying that to some of you tonight. That he wants you as his own. He wants to save you. He wants to forgive you. Maybe some of you guys think, I'm just, I don't deserve love. I don't deserve to be forgiven. You don't. And that's what makes the cross marvelous. <laughs> that none of us do, yet he does anyways. And maybe a good thing for you to do is just to get all your cards on the table, all the reasons why God can't forgive you, and then look at the cross of Christ and see him say, paid in full, paid in full, paid in full, and I'm with you to the end of the age. Just enjoy Emmanuel tonight, whoever he wants you to enjoy him. And don't let presents and pomp and tinsel and trees drown out Enjoy those things, but don't let it drown out the endless, unaging gift of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you came to save us and be with us. 
God, I, I know that there are many of us that feel many different things tonight. Just pray that you minister to hearts in only the ways that your Holy Spirit can. And I'd love just to give you a moment now to consider Jesus and, and know that Jesus very simply on Christmas says, I've come because I'm going to live and I'm going to die and I'm going to rise. And not so that I can be a deity that does not care, does not get involved, or does not stand with you, but one that endlessly can and does and will. Scriptures say that Jesus sticks closer than a brother. What a fascinating truth. So for some of us today, maybe we're just overwhelmed at his presence, not the presence we receive or give but the presence of Christ. Maybe you're sitting around having a meal tonight, tomorrow. You remember that Ecclesiastes 7, that it's just preparation for heaven. That a good meal reminds us of the table that's to come. Maybe as you give gifts and receive gifts, you remember Jesus saying how good he is as a father who gives good gifts to his children as a dad. And let that remind you that he's been good to you in giving you first himself. Cling to him. Treasure him. And enjoy him. Jesus, thank you for being all that you infinitely are, but namely being Emmanuel, God with us. God, I know we can't even tap into the riches of what that means in a mere 30 minutes, uh, but I pray our hearts would respond with joy and thankfulness and that whatever state our hearts find themselves in, that we know that you're okay meeting us where our hearts are and how they feel, and that you're tender and gentle and meek and kind, and that we would feel Christmas the way Christmas is meant to be felt and experienced, which is you. Help us where we need help, and encourage us where we need encouragement, and give us joy where we need joy. For your name we pray. 